0: Welcome back to Windows Dove's Podcast. Uh, it's yeah. A, it's a beautiful
1: Saturday. Right? God, it's a beautiful Saturday. Why is it beautiful? There's well, a couple reasons. There's a lot of reasons. There's reasons. You know, listen, What what, what is beauty? Let's talk about that for a second. Wow. I think beauty is this. I think there's a beautiful moment when you're with good friends talking yeah. about really ex- interesting things about Prince, and that's kind of what we've built here today with this uh, this podcast. Episode. Well, I thought you were going to be talking about the Phillies winning last Oh, night. also the Phillies won, which was great. We were there. We were there. It was awesome. It was amazing. But place. now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's tough. One of our best uh, openings, I Here's think, Here's the ever.
0: thing. Uh, folks who are long-time listeners of the show, uh, you know that Ed and I haven't been in the room together for a while. It's been a while. It's been a while since we were in the room together. But what makes today particularly special is we have a guest
1: in the room. We have a very special guest in the
0: room. We have a very special guest in the room with us today, live. Mm-hmm. Uh, here today, and it is our good friend, friend of the pod, Mr. David Sweeney. Hello, hello. Hello, welcome, David. David is a actor, a writer, he is a band leader, he's a songwriter. David has... All-around talented guy. All-around talented guy, <laughs> uh, and he, he has a, an alter ego that some of you who listen might be familiar with. That alter ego's name is Johnny Showcase. Johnny
1: Showcase, yeah.
0: Johnny Showcase. And for anyone out there who is a watcher, for example, of America's Got Talent, you may have seen Johnny Showcase and his band, The Mystic Ticket, appear on that show. We've seen Johnny Showcase mm. many a time. Yep. It's an awesome show. Mm. A funk band, funk, a man. dance band. Dirty funk, good stuff. Dirty Dirty Funk. Dirty good funk. Uh but David is also a massive Prince fan.
2: Well yeah.
1: Well, yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> that's it. And yeah. that's the end of it.
1: that concludes okay, that's our interview. Right. I yeah. like, uh, just wanted to confirm that with Dave. Now we're yes. done. We'll see you next week.
0: But David is here today to join us to talk about Prince and his influence on David's music. And, of course, we're going to talk about his top five. It's a str- David's been struggling with his top five. I,
2: I woke up at about 5.30 in the morning <laughs> rearranging... Bringing them in, bringing right. them out. Yeah, It's a cruel practice. It is a cruel it's, practice. It's tough.
0: It's tough. Uh, Dave, tell us how, well, first of all, tell us how your journey with Prince began. When did you start listening to him as a
1: young person and Did you, you have that first moment where you were aware of Prince as an artist, as a musician?
2: Honestly, okay. So when I, gr- I grew up, I was born in 80, so I grew up in, with 80s music. And somehow Prince was not... In the picture. Mm. Oh, interesting. I was a top 40 kid. Yeah, all yeah. I knew, all I had was my top 40 radio, and I had Michael and Prince, and also, okay, uh, so I knew maybe a couple tracks. And then when I became a teenager, it was during the 90s, like mid to late 90s, where the Prince's output was. Uh, I mean, not not as in the obscure. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: He, he wasn't at the forefront. Uh, yeah. Yes, but, yeah.
2: and also I was obsessed with just listening to mu- uh, music with like real instruments. Yeah. So I, I although I w- would put him on a little bit, I just I just wasn't interested. It yeah. just didn't hook me until I think I was like nineteen, and I. Suddenly, I think I heard my first um no, not my first, but I I heard uh Maybe Your Baby by Stevie Wonder. Oh yeah, right. yeah sure. Yeah, I was yeah, in a my yeah. my friend's blue Acura, his mom's blue Acura, <laughs> and he put on Maybe Your Baby. Yeah. And I was like, "Is this Stevie?" And he goes, "Yeah." And suddenly my whole world blew up yeah. and like I just completely went about face to, uh, like, funk music, soul music, and it's all I... That's your thing. All I heard. Yeah. It's all I wanted to hear. Yeah. Nice. I mean, you know, I, I try to listen to everything, but that's... I became obsessed, and I remember there was, uh, in college, there was a dude who had uh, a dorm across the way, and he gave me, you know, Prince's The One and Two Hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And and then that was it and i just uh, i was, was i was life. suddenly i was suddenly open to it and then i just of course devoured everything yeah. before and um, you know and that was right before he made his his resurgence right, right. with musicology yeah. Yeah. and then suddenly he was such a big part of the conversation but i i was already i was already just hooked and, yeah
0: and yeah. dave did you find so back in back in those days when you when you're first hearing him were you already writing songs, playing songs? Were you already performing, being an actor? Was that already in the mix for you?
2: Well, I was always in theater. I was just a performer kid. But I never began to write and sing songs until later. Wait, let me strike that. I was I was always a performer. And I was always completely obsessed with music. Mm-hmm. Right. And for me, those were two separate things. Yeah. I would well, go I to I would go to band. I played the trumpet. Right. I was obsessed with music, and then I would do, you know, theater the and performance. Yeah, yeah. So those were my two. It uh, uh, was like a fine fine, but there, there was the a line between a, the a two. A line between them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, um, I didn't. I didn't find a way to connect them. And also I was interested in so many different kinds of music that I never felt like I found my voice Yeah, because I'm like, what am I going to sing and how am I going to sing it because I'm... I'm equally obsessed with everything, so I didn't really have a song of my own.
1: Can I step back and ask you, trumpet, what, what, what was the reason be- behind that instrument was it focused on? I was instrument?
2: in fourth grade, and they offered that or clarinet. And yeah. Oh, okay. It was, there yeah. you go, one or the other. Yeah, it was the louder yeah. one, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, it certainly was louder.
0: Yeah, so, that, so when did you find that those things blend? What, like, what was the moment that those things blended for you? Or you found you could combine them in whatever way?
2: Well, I uh, I ge- I guess I created the character of Johnny Showcase. Uh, let me back up by saying I was also really, really influenced by guys like Steve Martin, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Short, um, the Blues Brothers. yeah, all that musical comedy, yeah. that I just sort of I, I just gorged on when I was a kid. And so I had that, I had that in me. I just hadn't. And so, um, there was a time when, you know, of course my parents were like, well, Dave, we love you and we're so proud of you and we want you to, uh, we love what you do, but we want you to have something to fall back on. Right. So I was kind of in like a jerky way. I was like, well, I guess I'll just be a lounge singer then. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't work out. Um, and so, in so I sort of started creating this character. and I'm from Rhode Island. and so I created a character that was based on, you know, some of the some of the older folks like in my church that just had these horrible Rhode Island accents. And could you um, give
0: our listeners an example of that accent?
2: Sure. Well, uh, I could, like my mother's cousin Jean, perfect uh, yeah, would be like, um, my mom's name is Lorna. So he'd be like, Lorna, look at Joanna. She's too skinny. What are you feeding her? Are you joking? You're a liar. You lie like a rug, you know that that sort of thing. or in in church it would be like, the Lord, the Lord
1: right, the right.
2: Lord is our shepherd. We, I shall not want. He yeah. makes me lie down by still waters. Right. Lord, let's bring it to the Lord. It was always yeah. going to the Lord. the Lord. So I just had you know and I I just thought it was I, I I just had that in me and and uh and when I left Rhode Island for Philly, I just I kind of missed it.
0: Sure. Yeah. So,
2: I started creating this character called Johnny Showcase, and then I I would bring it out when I was like partying with my friends, mm-hmm. and then I put it away. Yeah. And uh, when I was in, I was working at this um this great uh, venue restaurant that we all know, World Cafe Live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I've been working there, and my m- manager had created this, um, this cabaret and they were revamping it and bringing it back and going to have it at world's cafe live. And they said, Hey, do you have any like, um, characters or monologues or anything that you'd like to bring to the cabaret? Mm -hmm. I said, well, I, I got, I got something. (laughs) So I showed up, uh, and I just started grabbing people around me Mm. and, mm -hmm. uh, I, I had a friend who had just started playing um the accordion. Mm-hmm. And first I called our friend James Sugg. Yes. He never called me back. So I grabbed <laughs> so if you're Jam. listening. Thanks, Sug. <laughs> so I grabbed my friend Kim and I put a mustache on her and yeah. I was like gonna pass her off as James Sugg. <laughs> but then I then I named her Deb Sorensen, and she was Deb Sorensen from West Warwick, and I was right. Johnny Showcase. And that was yeah. and we started haunting their cabarets yeah. and sort of Busting in, and then I grabbed someone else who I worked with, who I'd seen do this like grotesque uh, clown um, uh, routine with a with a hula hoop, and I was like, "Oh my god, you're my ex wife, Bonnie Showcase." <laughs> so I brought Bonnie Showcase in, <laughs> right. and we just started taking over these people's cabaret, right. and they were great, but we were we were like little little
1: performance insurgents. And, yeah. and, and at that point, Dave was was the music. Was it funk driven at the time, or were you doing more loungey? I was kind of
2: lounge. Stuff? I I was sort of I was, I was really tickled by mediocrity at the time. <laughs> you know, just a yeah. sort of a uh, has been lounge singer, uh-huh. and um, of course I'd been just doing lots and lots of theater, and that was my main thing. Like I was an actor. I never considered myself a musician. So we were doing like bad covers of. Um, I don't know how bad maybe it, was, maybe it wasn't <laughs> bad awesome but covers, like actually. I, you can see one of my first performances if you look it up online Johnny Showcase at World Cafe Live we're doing um Hello by Lionel Richie and I think that's like one of our first and um and then they went on to go to New York and so they took away their cabaret, took their cabaret up there but people started asking me you know when uh what are you going to do you yeah. going to do something so I Created Johnny Showcase and the Lefty Lucy cabaret. Right. That's what I
0: remember first.
2: At the time there were there were lots and lots of great um just actors doing, you know, bizarre little acts. Yeah. You know, and I would commission them and I was just grabbing whoever I could to come mm-hmm. and be part of this ragtag cabaret. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was trying to generate more and more material. And then I realized that if I wasn't writing songs, but Johnny Showcase was writing the songs, then I could say whatever I wanted and I could do what I could usurp any style that right. I wanted. Right. And so that was my in. Mm-hmm. That was my into songwriting. Mm-hmm. And that was my into, um, to making stuff of my own. And at the same time, I started attracting better and better musicians. Right. So I got a great guitar player. He still plays with me, Vince Federici. Um, and so that upped my game. And then I got a drummer and I got a fantastic bass player. And I was like, Oh, now I have, now I have some cats who can play. Yeah. And so that, that sort of engaged my re-engaged my love for, just creating fucking great music. Yeah, yeah. And so I was sort of influenced by, um, you know, when Miles went electric, both actually, both when Miles went electric and when Bob Dylan went electric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, it's funny, a side note, which you can edit out. But <laughs> the one great thing about working at world cafe live was not the money. It was who you just found yourself near right sure and one time i was um just rolling up some napkins (laughs) and richie havens was sound checking oh wow and i he had broken a string and he was just doing very mundane you know uh, replacing of a string and i was like hmm maybe i could just go talk to him for just a second (laughs) and i i walked up and i had just seen him in that dylan biopic um, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not there. there. Yeah, I'm not there. And I was like, hey, I, you know, I just saw you in that movie. Um, it was really great. And he was like, you know, uh, Bob and I had the same manager. Um, and everyone got so mad at him when he went electric. But they didn't really understand that Bob had already made the transformation into Bob Dylan and going electric was just another mm-hmm. transformation. Thing, right? Right, he had, yeah. uh, he was just changing again. It's right, not like yeah. he changed right. anyway. So that was really influencing, um, influential. And uh, uh, I was like, well, what if we're just, you know, what if what if i I just create a, a a a nasty funk group, and then I met uh, my friend Michael Baker, who I named Roomy Kitchen.
0: Who's you've been your sidekick for many yeah, years, spiritual yeah, guide,
2: he, right? I, I'm sure he wouldn't consider himself a sidekick. Well, anyway, I should <laughs> say he, right he's a, he's a wonderful, he's an incredible singer, wonderful musician, and and actually him saying yes to because he was already deeply embedded in music, the right. music scene, and him saying yes to it. Gave me confidence to, like, create something more than just a theater act. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I I added two singers called The Truth. Because I I realized when you had maybe three people behind you singing, then you can just say whatever you want. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, you, you know, power and strength in numbers. And so I just started writing, writing, writing. And I wish I still had that, you know... Now it's, you know, it's a little harder. Well, to you're a dad now. Yeah, you're a dad. dad. Things yeah, changing. You
0: know, one of the things that interested me, because I remember seeing The Lefty Lucy Cabaret, like, not long after you started. And I was really intrigued by the fact that, along with the music you were performing, you it was one of the first times I saw, like, a, a cabaret act. That also had like there was a narrative through it, you know, like mm. Johnny Showcase had an arch enemy, and you know, and there was Bonnie and like all that stuff, and so you would come to the Lefty Lucy Cabaret to also like hear the continuing saga.
2: Oh yeah, Dickie Fastlane. Dicky Fastlane he was, was my really... <laughs> yeah. he was my uh, he was my arch arch nemesis. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And that's actually a great connector because I started looking critically at the cabaret. Like the band was getting better and better, but it was still it was still. And we were adding more. I added a love interest. Because uh, there was Vicky Fastlane. Vicky Fastlane, who was Dickie Fastlane's wife.
0: But we, <laughs> it was great. It was we,
2: great. We, 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 you know, we'd fall in love. And it was just over a musical number. Uh, but th- there was a, a crackle of creativity in the air. So I started looking critically. And um, I had started collaborating with my friend Adrian Mackey, who's a wonderful director, and she also sang as part of the truth. She's part of the truth, right? Um, who were the the backup singers? And I started looking at Johnny Showcase in terms of stock characters, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Johnny being the 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 hero, there was the the villain, there was the the foil, you know, the foil, the love interest, and and I was once watching The Simpsons where they did Hamlet. Yes. And I was like, well, it's The Simpsons, but, you know, the the stock characters were transposed to Hamlet. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was watching Purple Rain. Mm. Yes. And I was like, well, that's just the same thing. The stock characters are being transferred into... This this movie, mm-hmm. which at the time, and I still believe it, it's the both the the greatest and the worst film <laughs> we'll will not ever argue. made. We'll not argue and those those know. things yeah. stand right next to each other. Yes. And they're both shining. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's right. And absolutely. I was even more intrigued because I, I read the the unedited script <laughs> and I couldn't stop. I couldn't put it down. It was so it was so amazing. And uh, do you know that moment at the end of the movie where he said, there's the waitress. Yeah. And he talks to her like two times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yes. he goes, Hi. And she and she walks by and she goes, Hi. <laughs> like there was an entire arc of her character that we just didn't see. Well, that's in the script. Go find it. Um So we were wondering, could we take our characters and just and it was also, I think, it was the 35th anniversary of of the the record. Could we, um, could we take the characters and just, uh, and now it's the 25th? Wait, 1984 I mean, to I mean, 2009. Well, I mean, 25th. So it was the 25th. And could we could we take our characters and just place them in that world? Yeah. But we also knew we did not have the rights. To, to to perform this music, sure. Yeah. So that, of course, found its way into the piece too. Right. And so we started it as an homage, but then we we enlisted these six lady dancers. Yes, I remember who sort of came out of a dream of. It, it became like a Johnny Showcase bizarro dreamscape that somehow weaved its way into the world of Purple Rain. So we performed the hell out of the record. Yes. Um, but it just, it found itself in, in this, you know, I, it got into some Greek mythology, and um, it was fun. It was and, really and fun. And that
0: piece, because I saw that piece. Me too. It was called Pur P-U-R-R, yes. comma, pull, <laughs> P-U-L-L, comma, reign, as in, like, the reign of a king. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Purple rain. And um, what I remember, Dave, is... The houses were packed for it. Oh yeah, just it was packed
1: sold out it. pretty much through the yeah. Alarm, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um what was it like for you in that moment? I know this is you know, this is a while back now, but what was it like for your, for you musically to fully embody all those all those songs from Purple Rain?
2: It was um well, just as an exercise, yeah. Because the when I rehearsed the band uh, we would, st- one rehearsal, we would start the, f- we started the first song we did, let's go crazy. And then we'd come back do the second, you know, the second week we would tackle the second song, review the first. Mm-hmm. And so just to get inside the music and to get it as, you know, as tight as we could was such a. Was such an incredible learning experience. Yeah, just to, to get inside, but to perform it, um, I don't know. It was it was it was really transcendent.
0: Were there when, when you when you were doing the show and you're going through the catalog of the record? Were there certain songs that you personally found like this is a little more challenging? I really have to gear up for this one, or were there ones that in particular you found yourself? Like as you said, transcendent, like being floated away by, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean that does get into my it gets into my my top five. Oh great. Yeah. Um but uh one that was actually the most challenging to make full for, for performance, I think, was uh when doves cry. The lack of the bass mm. it's such a minimal it's track yeah. It's, yeah. it's so minimal yeah. and to to keep the energy going for essentially a theater a theater, a, a theater piece. piece. Yeah. Um yeah, that 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 was that was one of the most challenging ones I I remember. And then you know, of course, um, uh, "Baby I'm a Star" was the very you know after we've done an hour plus of just exhaustive performance, yeah. then the um, the curtain call is "Baby I'm a Star," right. which is. You know, an enormous amount of energy. Yeah, yeah
0: absolutely.
2: I, I, my body was tight, dude. Like, <laughs> like I, I was in such good shape. It really, it really did. You know, we were everyone was at the height of their powers.
0: Oh, absolutely. Because
2: yeah, I remember we just rehearsed. Nobody, I mean, everyone made a a little bit of scratch at the end, but right. like every, we were just young. Like nobody felt like they needed to get paid. We rehearsed all the time i think i was doing another show at the same time i was doing like comedy of errors with uh, shakespeare and clark park or right. something right. and so it yeah. was just it's just one of those times when you're young and
1: you're just Endless capable energy. of anything yeah, yeah it yeah. was it was good and dave the, the other folks who were involved in the show how how big of prince fans were they like did you have to kind of educate them on it or was it kind of like everyone had a sort of a I think everyone was a huge, uh, just huge fans. Yeah, I
2: mean, our yeah. f- our friend Karina, massive a, Prince fan. Yeah,
0: she was one of the six lady dancers. She was one
2: of the six lady dancers, and I, I, the band of course was sold, and um, I think I think everyone was everyone was on board. I don't think I had to sell it. Yeah. I'm sure you didn't. It, the just the energy, uh, the scrappy energy that we had. I think, just sold itself to everyone.
0: Now, Dave, how long after that, because I don't remember now off the top of my head, how long after Purple Rain, the show, your show, did um, did your first record come out? Did Love Is A Message come out? How
2: two long, two years.
0: Two years after that. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about that process of recording that record, and you know, tell us a little bit about Johnny's, and you, I mean, it's you, but Johnny's original music.
2: Yeah. Um, so... When I was working at World Cafe Live, I was working with a friend who I was getting mar- I was about to get married at the time. And she was like, Ooh, we'll have to be sensual, not sexual. <laughs> and I was like, mm. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you're getting married. And I was like, Yeah. So I created this, this song uh, called Sensual Parts 1 and 2. And it's actually, I, we did it on uh, AGT. Um, That's America's got talent. America's got 80%. talent. The, the people on the people inside, on the, house, the people that. who've yeah, you, yeah. who've who've seen uh, <laughs> Simon's <laughs> teeth in 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 person, call it AGT. Um, and uh, and yeah, so uh, you know the initial songwriting. That was just for to make my wife blush, right. right. And it was silly. Right. And so some of that just kind of fell by the wayside because right. it was sophomoric. Right, and sure. then there was some stuff I maybe I don't want my mom to hear in a record. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think in 2010, uh, I I got into a bike accident, and I'd been doing like nonstop nonstop theater, and then everything just stopped. And I, I had um, um, hurt my elbow real bad. And uh, in recovery, I, I just kind of set up uh, with my computer and Logic, and I just started making recordings. My friend Rachel, who I also worked with at World Cafe Live. At the world, it's weird. It, <laughs> world—it it, world it, 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 really, it really did sprout yeah. a, a whole bunch of different things in my life, which, you know, you just can't plan that stuff. She had started work with this um, person named Henry Hirsch, who, um, of uh, among many other things, got into um, doing all of the, uh, the Lenny Kravitz records in the 90s. Oh, wow. He was like okay. the okay. chief engineer, yeah. basically producer, you huh. know, the right-hand man right. um, shaping the sound for these records, which are great records. Right. And uh, also did justify my love with madonna oh, wow, and like stuff right. with mick yeah. jagger just had okay. lots and lots of, lots credits. of credits
0: yeah lots of credits.
2: and um and he heard these recordings that i was making which ended up being like the recordings i did there's a, like this little ep called mystic ticket um volume one and it's basically just stuff i generated it's actually kind of demo-y um but it's got some charm So, he heard that, and he was into it. Okay. And he was recording up in Hudson. He, at the time, had this huge church that he had set up a recording studio in. And he was a real drum guy. He's like one of those guys where he'll hear the demo, and he'll be like, hmm... I'll be right. It sounds like uh, maybe Led Zeppelin drums, I guess. Uh, <laughs> ugh, all right, I'll be right back, <laughs> and he'll disappear for an hour, and then just you know, everything was about drums with this guy, huh. and,
1: yeah.
2: and you know, great work. Um, so we went up there, and we we cut ten songs, I think, and um, and it was it was amazing. It was an incredible learning experience. I'm and, sure it was. Uh, and yeah, I was I was really proud of that the first record we did.
1: What's I, your what's your process Dave, when you're writing something like a so good? I know this is like kind of a cliche question. Do you you're just jamming and just playing around, or you noodling, or you, do you have lyrics you're thinking of and you're trying to write to a to certain?
2: Honestly, uh, writing is such a like a mystery. Like it's such it, a, you yeah. know like sometimes you could write something on your on on the bike ride home. Yeah, and by the time you get home, it's like already formed, or something could take shape over. Yeah, months, months yeah. and months. I mean, there's sometimes where I'll, some you know tunes I'll get in the room with the band, and we'll just jam and jam and jam, and then we have these you know these ideas, and then I'll I'll write to that, mm-hmm. um, or I'll come in with most of a song, and they're they're actually way better musicians than I could ever be. So so I'll have them you know make it smarter, <laughs> you know. Uh, put you know good chords to it, <laughs> <laughs> jazz chords. Um,
0: Do you find so to, to bring this back to our guy Prince? Oh yeah,
2: Prince. Are, are you reason for the season?
0: The reason for the season. Are you when you when you are writing when you're writing your music and um, you know I've seen Johnny Showcase many times and I have uh, your first record. Um, was there any? I'm not sure how to ask this question. Like, is there any conscious? Uh, awareness of his influence on your music? Or do you ever think, oh, I kind of want to write a song that sounds like "Baby I'm a Star" or whatever? Or you know, does does that, I, I guess what I'm asking is, are you aware of his influence in any conscious way, or do you recognize it maybe after the fact?
2: I don't know. I steal from every sure everyone, right? I you know, Paul Simon to <laughs> Prince to Stevie to mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. I, anywhere I can find little wisps. Um I mean definitely Prince helped me channel gave me permission I would say to channel the sensuality Yeah um the way he d- he doesn't take things th- so seriously Right um so there was a little edge of humor that gave me permission to to uh, you know go further with mixing humor into songs I don't know. He just, he just seemed like a fount. Like he just had this, this, this connection, this crazy yeah. connection to a creative spark yeah. Yeah. that I, I could never Im- imagine to, yeah. to aspire to, you know, I, I just think that, uh, you know, Prince's ability to, to, to access just unbridled joy in music is, I mean, what else do you want? I, could, like, could what else is the the just the primal function of music is just is to spread joy to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that if I had if if I was to to leave anything with the my output into the world, that would be mm-hmm. that would be what yeah. I want people to remember is yeah. that I I brought I brought joy through performance, joy through silliness, yep. joy through. You know, dance. And so I guess I don't get hung up on taking myself seriously as a musician or as a songwriter because I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Like I'm worried about connection and making people laugh and making people dance. Yeah. And I guess I've always said that if, if you, you know, the laughter dance and song are like the the holy trilogy of life and if you can do that then you're doing something right
0: i, I couldn't agree more yeah, absolutely. i mean yeah. my experience with your music is always you know i mean the the lyrics are very funny right they're they're yeah. funny and they're goofy and they and you got lots of puns and wordplay and it's very clever but the music is always a fucking jam absolutely yeah. it's always a jam Funky. so yeah. it's this it, yeah. it, i i always appreciate it with Johnny showcase and the mystic ticket that you could you could laugh a lot, but then all but you're also just grooving to it because because the because it's got that vibe and it just feels so real.
2: Yeah, out. that's I. Yeah, we take the music like the music is serious. The, right. the approach to the music is very serious right. in that it's just got to be tight as can be, right? And funky as can be, and um, but the rest, The
1: <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> presentation, yeah. yeah, and it's
2: it, it it doesn't come without challenges. I mean. You know, there's a lot of, you know, like local radio stations who don't really... Who they don't, don't know
0: what to do with you. They yeah, with so
2: it, right? so it's it's hard to to get past gate, gatekeepers because I don't think they, they recognize it right. for what it is.
0: Well, I'll say this. I mean, to that point, and, I, you know, we don't have to go too deep into this unless you want to, but, like, watching you on America's Got Talent, you know, I felt like, well, the judges don't get this. They don't get it.
1: They didn't get it. it. They didn't get it. <laughs> they didn't. You
0: know, now I, I know there's...
1: There might I know be there's some more backstory know there's, I know there, there, there's but, a lot
0: of backstory and yeah. I know that there's a lot of like you know it's more it's more scripted and and, and and then people maybe think it is and so forth and so on but watching you in the mystic ticket you know Rumi Rumi Kitchen's there with you and the truth is with you yeah, and, yeah. you know we' people who know the act. You know, we're we're here at home in Philly, howling with laughter and yeah. like so proud and all these absolutely, and watching yeah. the judges just like they don't get this, they don't mm-hmm. get why this is funny. So I, I understand that can be a challenge. So
2: yeah, that was one time where the gatekeepers were like, "No, no you're not to no do the way. gate." <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the audition was it, it was an interesting thing. You know, when we were doing all of the filming, you know, yeah. they made this great little montage, which actually you can only see on Twitter because. <laughs> There's some copyright thing, so, like, all... Oh, interesting. Yeah. If you go to my Twitter, and, you know, um, you know, it's right there pinned, you can see the whole thing. But when they... The producers had a great time, because they yeah. were like, oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, once they got a little... Because they were playing their reality game, but yeah. I came with you know, six weeks of writing. Right. So I, <laughs> right. I, I had my game too. Right. So yeah. I was, so we were just bumping our games up against each yeah. other. Yeah. And, um, which I thought made for good TV. It was, TV. was it was great, great TV. TV. And so when, you know, when they realized that the songs were funny, I think, and honestly it was the song, you know, the first audition, the song that, that broke through because yeah. now we could all speak the same language. Cause right. it was funny. And the the you know the performance was was tight. So um, uh, to her credit, though, when we went back on and we thought we'd do a weirdo uh, a weirdo song, um, Heidi Klum was she was into she it. She loved it. Yeah, mm. Heidi so, Klum was into it. But she was the only one. Yeah. So that's fine.
0: Well, but you know all that aside, you know whatever the outcome was aside, it was national exposure for the band. And yeah, the it act, was good. You know, which is good. Yeah. Um. And am I right in thinking that um there are some uh, some new recordings maybe happening soon-ish?
2: Oh, dude, we got we have um we have recordings in the bag that date back to like pre-pandemic, yeah. two thousand seventeen or eighteen, I think, and mm-hmm. um and I'm really proud of them. Yeah. Yeah, we there's like orchest there's there's bigger orchestration, there's there's the big sounds. Yeah. Um and I I started working with um Joe Nicolo who was one of the founders of Rough House Records. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, wow. yeah. And just, yeah. you know, and just has done all sorts of stuff in the in the in the record industry over the over a long career. And um he's got a little garage out in uh, like the Norristown area. Yeah, and we we have some great. Yeah, it's it, but it's just harder to roll
1: stuff out. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, watching America's Got Talent with you guys on it, I kept saying to myself, I would watch a series of that band trying to get through those gatekeepers. That would be pretty I would great. watch it. I'd watch it every I'd be glued. The Adventures of Johnny, Watching Johnny Showcase. Watching those characters, yeah. you're trying to make it out in L.A. with that group of people living together in some place, Yeah, would just be such a great watch. I'm just surprised nothing's uh, kind of bubbled up from that. Yeah. From that, I mean, you know? so People listening out there. all all are. All you, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: So, Dave, for the people who are listening, if they want to check out the music of Johnny Showcase, where can they find it right now? Oh, what can they? Where can they go?
2: Yeah, we got a, we have a lot of stuff on Spotify. We have some great uh, videos from over the years on YouTube. I mean, there's it's on Apple, Tidal, all the streaming, right? A couple records, um, a couple EPs, and then uh, Godwelling. There's more. There's going to be more in the next in the next year, and um, and I also have a, a kids record for those of you with kids. Um, we created a super funky, uh, adult friendly kids record that um, is like sort of a minivan masterpiece. <laughs> it's 27 minutes, just long enough to get to the aquarium.
1: Right, yeah, that's, right.
2: That's, and, right. that's right. And Time that out. Yeah. That was, it was actually my, our mantra for going into that was like only hit records.
0: And that, and <laughs> that's that, the, the, like the kids' record is like the alter ego of your alter ego yeah. The showcase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny
2: Shortcake. Johnny Shortcake. Yeah. Which is the kid, totally kid centric, family friendly version of Johnny Showcase, which I actually don't see much of a difference between the two. Yeah. Give or take some, you know. Swearing, maybe. Some swearing or some, you Suggestive
1: know. Suggestive lyric here. Yeah,
2: on. but yeah. it's it's just, it's it's all just. um. Just pure joy and fun, and uh, and I think it translates perfectly.
0: I, let me ask you this question. So I know that you were um, you went out to Minneapolis mm-hmm. uh, with Martha Graham Cracker. Yeah. Uh, Dito Van Ragersberg is the alter ego of Martha Graham Cracker. Someone else we hope to have. Yeah, sound, def- definitely. Um, yeah. At some point. Mm-hmm. But you guys were out there doing a show, and mm-hmm. you had an interesting experience in a cab.
2: I, yeah yeah. Could you tell us that story? Yeah, it was a, it was a lift and we were out at the Guthrie doing um a show for the uh, that was also a record called Lashed but Not Leashed. <laughs> which if you ever see Martha Graham Cracker, who's this incredible with the pumps, I I would say Um big monster drag hairy drag queen with a voice like goddamn Patty Labelle like
0: a like a volcano erupting.
2: and just one of the most incredible presence that you'll ever witness on stage. Um, we were at the Guthrie and we were performing that and we had, you know, um. We were done with tech. It was like the day of the first show, and we had the morning off, so um, it was our many of us. It was our first time in Minneapolis, so I was like, "Well, I mean, I got, I got, I got to go to Paisley yeah, Park. Yeah. Who's going?" And um, there were three other people that are friends of ours that that were going that all wanted to go to Paisley Park. So we filled up a, a lift, and I was in the front seat. And, um, you know, for those of you who have been to Minneapolis, it's like a good 30 minute mm-hmm. lift ride. Yeah. Paisley yeah. Park's outside. It's, of the it's out, there. Yeah, it's I, out I there. I forget the name of the town. Chana Hassan. Hassan. Something yes. like that. Yeah. And, uh, so we're driving with the lift driver and of course we're very, you know, giddy and excited to go out to Paisley Park. And we said, you know, have you, have you ever been, have you been out there? and he got a little cool and he was like oh yeah yeah i've been there, I've been there. <laughs> and we were like cool cool um so what do you what do you what are you doing out here we started engaging him he goes well i you know i'm a i'm a i'm a singer musician and i just uh you know i just relocated to um you know to to minneapolis and we said well well who 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 are you who are you singing with? What? What are you? Who are you playing with? And he looked up and looked at me and said, "You don't even want to know." <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that he was a singer for New Power Generation. Ah. His name's Dwayne Elliott. Yeah. And he, you know that uh, that line on uh, "Get Free." Oh yeah he saying that they line say no. No. <laughs> no. yeah and of course this was uh 2019 so prince had been had been gone for a minute yeah. but he had just relocated to minneapolis full time so um cuz you wow. know new power generation still, still, yeah, still they're still they're performing yeah, yeah they're absolutely. still playing, so yeah. um so and that was only about 15 minutes into a 35 minute lift drive. So and I was right up front. So we we got we've really got in his ear about about Prince and you know asked him gleaned as much information as we could. Um, but it was it was pretty magical. So I guess you know just getting into any lift. make sure you you're out they there. They probably yeah. know Prince. They probably pretty know Prince.
0: Dave, uh, what uh t- like. What are some projects coming up? Where can people see you? Where can they see Johnny Showcase? Is there a, you know, I, I know you're always got gigs all over the place. Yeah. Both as Johnny Shortcake and as Johnny Showcase. Yeah. What? Where can people catch you uh, live? Maybe if they're in the area, or I don't know if you guys are going on a more extensive tour. soon
2: um, Or. Well, if anyone's a tour uh, manager, you can you can just <laughs> you can. If he wants to help us book gigs? That would be great. Um. Well, in Philly, November eighteenth, we're doing a show at the TLA with nice. a great Philly group called Snack Time.
0: Oh yeah, I know Snack who, Time. They're awesome.
2: Who getting a lot of buzz? Who, right are, now. who are who are uh, a, a rising uh, meteor of a of a horn and drum band. Yeah, they're like a they're like
0: yeah like a um, like a New Orleans style. Uh, yeah, you know. They're
2: the great guys, incredible musicians, and um, yeah, well deserved. Um, you heard it here first. If Fallon loses the roots, he'll probably gain himself a snack time. <laughs> um, and uh, and then, of course, New Year's Eve. Um, we for the for a long time maybe seven or eight years have done a a show with a group called the West Philadelphia Orchestra. Who are also awesome. Who are right. amazing, yeah. and they're like more of a Balkan horn and drum band, but somehow. Um, It's still
0: funky somehow. Somehow it's still super danceable and funky.
2: And our psychedelic funk and their horn, Balkan horn somehow makes just for an incredibly balanced and wonderful evening. And then we'll have a third act. We always have a third act who's, you know, someone we love to. It's a great scene. And New Year's Eve is... It's
0: always a blast. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And we we haven't been able to do it for the last two nights, uh, two years, because, you know, of the sickness... And where's the show? That's at Underground Arts. That's also in Philly. Nice. And nice. then we'll be, we'll be traveling. Cool.
1: Yeah.
0: That's very exciting. Um, so I, I would recommend to anybody out there who's listening, if you're curious, if you, if you haven't seen, if you didn't watch America's Got Talent, and maybe you, know, you didn't know Johnny Showcase and the Mystic Ticket, they're really worth your time. Check I'll say out this. If you're
1: within two miles of driving... Or two miles of flying to Philadelphia, you have no excuse <laughs> but to come and that's see right. Johnny Showcase. If
0: you're looking for something to do, particularly on New Year's Eve, Come down. visit it's our a city, down. our
1: fine city of Philadelphia, <laughs> and, and that's the best party in town is going to be Johnny Showcase. Thank so, yeah. you.
0: It's the best party in
1: town, but yeah. like, check
0: out... Johnny on on YouTube and Spotify
2: and what's your Twitter handle Johnny Showcase Johnny Showcase there it is same yeah, like, on the it, same like, on, on the Instas yeah, so try we, to keep it real simple yeah it's great stuff I ripped um, the name off of a movie theater the Showcase Cinemas
0: <laughs> there you go
2: it's perfect fine
0: but if you like dance music if you like funk music if you like soul music if you're a Prince fan you're gonna dig this if group, you're a Prince fan you're gonna dig way. the music yeah wow. now um, that's nice. David, uh, I know this is you've been dreading this. Next, oh, time. Yeah. we have to get to this. Oh, I mean, we, this is yeah. You have been dreading this. You've been living in fear of it. I understand, but we, we have, have to do this because this is what we do with all our guests. It's all of them. Fine. All of our it's guests. Fine. I'm ready. Okay. He doesn't look at all ready.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I am. I am. This is, first of all, as I said, this is a cruel practice that you guys do, <laughs> making you choose five songs. Yeah. Out of five hundred, um, so I thought that. Uh, they could be easily interchangeable with any other songs. Um, so I I am introducing some because I just want to talk about those records. Sure, well, let's,
0: let's do, let's and, do and it. I just want to say, much like your album, Is How I Love Is The Message, the, the tagline of our show is cruelty is the message. Right? <laughs> cruelty. <laughs> is cruelty the message. is the
2: method. Cru- yeah, <laughs> the method. Yeah,
0: it's exactly. Um, exactly right. So, here we go. David Sweeney, a.k.a. Johnny Showcase, a.k.a. Giant Prince fan, his top... Five Prince songs of the moment.
2: Of the, yeah, of, of the this moment. morning. Of this morning. It's okay. Yeah. Number five. Let's talk about it. Oh, they're in order. Okay. Aren't they in order? Yeah. Whatever. Let's sure. do it.
0: Okay. Let's do it.
2: Um, I'm gonna say number five is uh, Diamonds and Pearls.
0: Okay. Oh, this is great. You know why? Big no,
1: Ed here. Not, not a fan, Devons but go ahead. I love, I love the chat.
2: Diamonds and Pearls. When I it came out in '92 or '93. Yeah. And it was the Prince song that that. Got me.
1: Well, that's when I was a was kid. That's drug. important. It, it was my drug.
2: Yeah. yeah entry point. Yeah, and right. and I just there's something about it that goes, which is some of the best music, goes straight past my head, right into my heart, and just swells it yeah a hundred times. And I even into the that classical fugue that it gets into,
1: digging that too. It's
2: fine. I'll I'll deal with that because it just makes me so happy. Yeah. To hear that. And I love that track myself. And it's a great duet with Rosie Gaines.
1: Oh, the Rosie. I get it. Listen, I,
2: yeah. What's your, what's your, what's your beef, bud? I
1: no, no, I'm just. You feel like it's, a, you felt like he was selling out to be, to get a career? I think, out. again, listen, I, and I've, I've admitted this on many podcasts. It's, it's where you enter into his music. I grew up with his 80s material, and I was craving him to continue to that sound, which was not fair to him as an artist. Right. He completely for changed sure. the sound for Diamonds and Pearls. Oh, well, yeah. I so, mean, he, with the, the whole new, oh, new the power life, generation. And 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 Absolutely. So I was like, ah, oh, this sounds like he's trying to make a hit record, and I like when he's more avant-garde, when it yeah. feels like he's not even... You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I was coming from. I'm not
2: it, a, I'm not a massive fan of
1: the album.
2: Yeah. No, but I love the track. But that but that track does something to me. I can't even... Yeah. And that song, you, I don't know how you feel, but it's almost interchangeable with that seven track because it was the same age I was at, and those were the tunes that got yeah. through to me. Yeah.
1: Now seven, I adore the song seven. Y- you adore seven, the song seven, or the track the song adore. Oh, adore is my favorite, probably Prince song. Pat- is that on your list? Well, well, let's not get ahead. All right, let's we gotta get, get ahead. I gotta uh, number four. Was yeah? What's the next on one? the
0: top five for
2: for? Thank I'm you. Right now, I'm going to say Elephants and Flowers. Oh, no, oh
1: okay, okay, sure. We love
0: Elephants and Flowers. Big fan favorite.
2: Because, here. and if just to say that Graffiti Bridge is a little uh, diamond mine of of musical morsels. Yes, it's, yes. It's agreed. uneven. It's wildly it's uneven. It's wildly uneven. Yes. But I just wanted to say Elephants and Flowers so I could say... Elephants and Flowers, Joy in Repetition, yeah. and uh, Thieves in the Temple are yeah. just like unbelievable songs. Unbelievable songs in this wildly uneven uh, soundtrack to a terrible film. Um, uh, but Elephants and Flowers is just, uh, it drops you. It, it sort of it like bends time, it does. you know. And yes. I think he, mm. is he using a sample from uh, that song in um from uh automatic oh did he 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 did he is he that hey he's like sampling oh maybe I I feel like he he took that from automatic and repurposed it for for elephants but the the way that he it, it fucks with time yes um it's just such a great feeling.
1: It's a it great is. I
0: totally could not agree more. We we're big believers of Elvis. It's one of my
1: favorite in terms of like a first line he sings, that Boy is lonely in a burning hot summer night. Yeah. yeah. And there's such a raspiness and yeah. rawness to his vocal there. Yeah, love it. Love yeah. it. I'm a big fan. No argument here. Not at all.
2: Um Number three. Looks like God I love the struggle. It's <laughs> everyone else. I'm gonna say tambourine. Sure. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. You did not like. Tambourine. I'm not a tambourine. Fan. I like tambourine.
0: Although I love Around the World in a Day, but I'm not a tambourine. Dude, fan.
2: tambourine is, I, in my opinion, the funkiest fucking song, and uh, of of funky songs. It's so it's so relentless. Yeah. The way the the bass yeah. that like that monster bass is yeah. and like and. And it's also a total, a total. Uh, I think it's like a, an art piece too. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm, I'm listing polarizing. Uh, no, it's I know. good. Yeah, it's we good. split it's on good. that. I really love Tambourine. I do. I'm with you. It's a very funky song. Oh man, I. It's something about it. Does like it gets my blood, blood <laughs> yeah. just like my yeah. body starts. My hips can't stop. Like, ugh.
0: Um, number two.
2: The Ballad of Dorothy Parker. Sure, oh, well, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: that's a, uh, I mean, that's a killer. <laughs> Talk about that. Talk about Dorothy Parker.
2: The from there are certain tracks that I don't like to overuse. The like it's such a vibe, but from the right. very first, um, it just drops you into this scene, and I don't think there's any real song like that.
0: Mm. Yeah, um,
2: it's such a singular. Uh, recording. I mean obviously the Joni, yeah, Joni re- the sure. Joni reference is right. so good. Yeah. Um but it's such an and it's such an odd tale about yeah. a waitress who gets him to take his take a bath with his pants on. And he was leave his pants
1: on, yeah. Right. Is, but yeah.
2: somehow the therapy of that helped him go back to a, a broken relationship <laughs> with a sense right. of clarity. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. But uh uh, and just and and just the all the the details of of the the backing vocals just to create this this really odd wonderful feeling now i i do have to say that there are two or three other tracks from sign of the times that could just as easily i almost had both that and if i was your girlfriend on on my list That's but i wanted to talk too. about more records right yeah. but that uh, in honorable mention is another song that's just a singular moment ahead oh, of its, just, it's you a know, life. time yeah. I think that, that and the
1: song.
2: way the way that he manipulated his voice to create that the camille like to 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 put on a character in order to 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 get into different facets of his creativity i like i obviously can go for that yeah
1: Great. Well, here we go. This is. Um, oof, I'm nervous about this.
0: Number song. one on on today's Dave Sweeney's today. And by the way, this is
2: have... actually number one on Dave's all. all time? Oh shit! Because oh, all I was gonna time.
1: say we should do a feature where Dave comes back every day for 365 <laughs> days. <laughs> I, I could. Have, I could. Day. I could give you just a uh,
2: just as buoyant <laughs> list. <laughs> Um, because i've got one. them I've got them down here my honorable mention list okay we'll,
0: we'll go over that but this is this is number one all time <laughs> for you for yeah, sure always okay. okay
2: here we go number one let's hear it the beautiful ones wow
0: well, well, I, mean, I, mean, I mean it's hard to argue
2: with that can't, it can't it
0: can't be argued with that it will be that
2: will with. always just in the emotional his uh, uh, emotional vulnerability and It's just one of the most beautiful songs. And that's why when I did Purple Rain, that was like that moment singing that song.
0: Yeah.
2: That feeling that emotionally naked
1: uh, in front of people. And you killed it, my friend. That was... Thank yeah, I mean, you. that's that's a song that you have to nail down. That you nailed it, man. That's you, good. Yeah. You
2: can see a kind of crappy recording of that. That is on YouTube. You can find it somewhere <laughs> of it us is. doing that from Purple Rain, and uh, uh, you can also get a sense of what the staging was on the right. six lady dancers if you're interested. But the beautiful ones uh, is just his the, his voice. Uh, the minimalism in the beginning that, that just gets flooded with the synth at the end. Yes. Just washed. Um, it's, I mean, it's just transcendent. It's yeah. I, uh, that'll always be my favorite print song.
0: I think you're not alone there. I, I adore the beautiful ones. I think it's just a, I mean, I've talked about it in
1: life before, but it's just a tower. It's just, a tower. Yeah. I, I think would uh, agree with all you guys. I mean, I think that's what, what's telling about it. When we were talking about favorite songs, like, you're like, what's your favorite ballot from Prince? And I think mm. Adore. Mm. And you're like, well, what about the beautiful ones? I'm like, beautiful ones, calling it a ballot's not giving it enough credit. Mm. Like, it's, it's beyond, it's something beyond a ballot. It is, it's something beyond, beyond, it's beyond a, mm-hmm. something beyond um, a Which, I mean, it is it's just a towering, towering track. Mm-hmm.
2: God, yeah, it's a monster. It's a yeah. monster. And and uh, it, it was the most demanding vocally. Um
1: did you, did you, I forget how the show ran. So you, when you, after you performed that, did you give yourself a break for a little bit? Oh yeah. What, what happened after that moment in the show? Oh
2: did, my God. I, so I sang that and I was like, I just want to, you know, they, so there's this subplot with, with, with Vicky Fastlane, of course. And, <laughs> and she leaves for some reason. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, oh man, I want to like, I, I have every now and then. I'll put the the full show on online, yeah, just for maybe three days for anyone who wants to see it, and then I take it back off. <laughs> um, but after that, I am, am, am just lying on flat on the floor. I think someone comes over, I think I someone gives me a hoagie. I, I had a in the in the in the in the show in the show I have this manager named Stan Grammalini, played by Robert DayPont, the great the great Robert oh, yes. And he's like, Oh Johnny, what can we do for you? Do you do you do you want a hoagie or something? And I'm like, Yeah I want a hoagie. And out of his jacket he He pulls out a full hoagie and I think you know, he's massaging me. I'm eating the hoagie, and uh, and I, but I really didn't need, you know, yeah, hands was, me water. Like I, I really was just completely.
0: Do you want to rattle off some of your honorable mentions?
2: Oh fuck yeah, let's talk about it. Um, pff, do me, baby. Well, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, seven. Yep. Yeah. Uh, DMSR. Hmm. oh yeah uh, dance music sex, sex romance because i feel like that's sort of uh, a manifesto he said the same, same thing exactly. it's, a,
0: it's a mantra yeah.
2: i feel like that is yeah. the and now now i'm just gonna now i'm just gonna uh rattle off um oh black sweat oh yeah yeah yeah
1: that's there's a, something yeah.
2: A black. that's a great one yeah black sweat that just ruins me um uh and then you know I mean then there's just the ones that are the same as every the same as everyone else. Sure. You know, I want to be your lover and adore yeah, like yeah. Yeah, I, honestly that whole, the whole um sign of the times record is my favorite record. My kid will his favorite song was a hot thing. <laughs> No kidding. That's great. There was a while we were listening to a lot. He's like, put on hot things. I
1: think he was like five and a half I or six. starfish and coffee. I'm like, oh, so of course, starfish and coffee. Oh,
2: starfish and coffee is fine, but he re- they really, hot really liked hot things. That's
1: hilarious. Oh, my goodness.
2: Yeah. That's and hilarious. That's amazing. So. I mean, I don't need to just... Everyone knows the the music. But it's I'll cool that you read had, it it's kind all. of came
1: out organically. We usually ask someone, what's your favorite album? So it sounds like Sign of the Times for you is the favorite of, of what you
2: yeah album. Yeah. Yeah. I think Sign of the Times... I just think it's like... Um, it's... It's banger, art piece. Banger, banger, art piece. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just... He was going... He was reaching, reaching creatively. And, you know how it came i mean it's three or four different records he yeah. was compiling right unbelievable yeah so yeah i think that 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 one
0: i wonder if when when johnny showcasing mystic ticket when their new record comes out different when that comes out soon because there's so much material stockpiled maybe it'll be your own side of the times
2: man that would be nice that man. would be that'd be something else yeah. um well we're gonna
0: look forward to that yeah. um well I want to uh, issue our thanks absolutely to our good friend David Sweeney. Oh
2: this is so fun guys.
0: For coming on the pod we've wanted him on for a long time. Yep. He he's an incredible musician and a performer and a writer and again Check, check, him really, check, check him out. Check out everybody. Johnny Showcase. Check out Johnny Dave. Showcase. Absolutely. I'm sure you can see at least the YouTube clips of, you know, AGT when he was on Yeah, has Got talent, there's,
2: lots, there's lots to see. Thank follow, you so much.
0: Follow him on Twitter. Follow him on Instagram. All over the place. Follow we him around got, Philly. Just follow, stalk him if st- st- you need st- to. He likes
2: stalking. He likes he's the attention. He's, he's I'm in the Germantown neighborhood. <laughs> G-Town. G-Town. I'm, don't G-Town me, though. <laughs> like I did to um, so many others.
0: But, uh, yeah, we're, we're, our many thanks to Dave. Absolutely. Yeah uh and then uh,
1: we'll be back soon we'll be back yeah we'll be back soon and dave maybe we'll have you on again if yeah, you, want you want to come talk, back at some point we can yeah. talk about some other things yeah we'd love to have I'm you back talking about
2: whatever i don't give a shit okay.
0: we'll have you come back we'll talk about more prince music and uh, uh maybe maybe even play maybe even play a little something for us sometime
1: Sure that would be interesting well, that would be interesting how cool that. would that be
0: a little in-studio performance
1: wow that'd be amazing if we could do right. that that's
0: something we'll think about yeah why not that sounds great we uh When we sign off we, we haven't done this For a little bit But when we have a guest Dave We allow them to pick Their play out music What do you want What do you want The episode to end on What kind of song Would you like to hear
2: Oh um Is it
0: The, the beautiful ones
2: No It's um I, I can never take The place of your man Well you're my Kissing God, up to this, this guy, my here. guy Here That's, my, that's, that's, his, that's his That's his big song That's the song That's the song, that's that's the song. Yeah, that's the one. That, yeah, that's that's could be right up there with all of them. So
0: wonderful. Well, and then we also sign off by saying, uh, "Princes." Uh, what we feel is like
1: well, it's in a lot of his yeah, a lot of the
0: stuff. We yeah. often say, uh, "May you live to see the dawn." At the end of our episode, would you like to say goodbye to everyone and to say, our, fr- may our may fine listeners?
2: um <laughs> I'd like to say, uh, go ahead, Chelsea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is she a model? That one? Yeah, she's a, she's a model. <laughs> or something. Or yeah. something like that. Awesome. Awesome. Dave, thanks so much for being oh, on the Oh, thank you. This is thanks Great. for being here, Dave, until next time. Bye. May you live to see the dawn, everybody. Go ahead, Chelsea. Yeah. Go ahead, Chelsea. Bye, everybody. Bye. bye.